This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hey everybody, welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is David Furrow. This is my dad, Lynn Furrow, also the founder of Summit Life Ministries. Our mission at Summit Life is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see God's eternal purpose equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, but then also empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Now guys, we've talked about, you know, the leadership, or not even leadership, but just the growth that you guys have gone through personally. You know, to piggyback off of that, now, are there any books, teachings that you guys, you know, listened to or, you know, really dug into that impacted, you know, your growth this year? Mm anybody me <laughs> um well I, I would say that there are a couple of things that um i i actually started the year reading um the book i think it's called i do hard things by havila cunnington mm-hmm. and that was a a really great book because i don't like hard things and i <laughs> i tend to uh quit and mm-hmm. kind of get worn out when things are hard and um i know that about myself so i know not to quit but then i just sure. don't quit but I don't victoriously finish, you sure. know, um, yeah. I yeah. think that finishing is a weakness of mine. And so, um, that was one of the, one of the books that really helped me, especially coming into this year. Cause it was, mm. it was almost a preparation for what was happening. Cause she kind of followed the storyline of Joseph and what he went through and how that mm. prepared him for the future. And yeah. so then I read this book in January and then, you know, into February and all of mm. that, but, um, March when COVID hit, I was like, oh, okay, I can do hard things, you know, and, and I just kept pressing into that. Um, that was one of the books. Um, the other was um, studying Enneagram um, type mm-hmm. of things mm-hmm. and yeah. um, um, getting, pressing into to who, where I fit on that Enneagram type and, and all of that and um, reading that and kind of deconstructing sure. and laying down those defense mechanisms. Those were the two um, things. Well, uh, my wing... Mm-hmm. is a four, which uh, you go there to just kind of disconnect from yeah. reality. <laughs> yes. And you listen to the song, Starry, Starry Night. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was some moments of depression yes. and just yes. disconnection from yes. reality. But thank God for uh, my family that said, you are not a four. You need to return <laughs> yes. back to Tier your three, primary three. number. <laughs> yeah. You need to return back to your primary number. Yeah. Uh, do not Come stay yes. <laughs> stay out in the wing of yeah. things. So. Yes, yes, I, I get that. Yeah. Yes. Um, book I read this year. Um, again, more kind of on the the whole inner work was to strengthen the soul of your leadership mm-hmm. by Ruth Haley Barton, and um, she's a uh, talks about the life of Moses and parallels that to the life of a leader and how you know in, in all these major moments in Moses's life and how that reflects on our leadership and taking care of ourselves and um it was a really it's it was again it's a book that I, I mean I'm usually le- reading leadership books and and you know make yourself better bigger stronger faster mm-hmm. stuff you know yeah. just skill stuff yeah very yeah. skill based and you know new strategies new you know vision how to cast a better vision i'm always just mm-hmm. immersed in that but you know this was a very not in that 
that kind of um, reading. But it was so good just to kind of look through the life of Moses. And I think the thing that brought me to tears um, was at the end of the book, she's talking about the end of Moses' life, you know, and the Israelites are getting ready to move into the promised land. He's passed leadership on to Joshua, but he doesn't get to go in. And we all know that's because he struck the rock at Horeb, you know, in anger. Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. you know, it, when we look at that, it feels like, what a bummer, God. Like, how <laughs> petty are you that he had a bad day leading a bunch of terrible people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about leadership, you know? <laughs> These people you've given me, I'm sick of them. I'm tired of them. Yeah. And he's had a really bad day, and he, you know, and like, then God's like, you're done. And so it's easy to kind of look at that that last part of his life where he gets, he's watching them go in, but he doesn't get to go in. But the paradigm shift that she brought was, excuse me, the, the pursuit of Moses's life, the main focus of his life was not the great deliverer. Mm -hmm. Even it was the work that he had to do, but the pursuit of his life was always the presence of God. That's right. Like, I'm not going if you don't go with us. I'm not going. I'm, you know, he kept saying that over and over. And so at the end of his life, and he's watching the, the Israelites go in, and, and the paradigm shift was, yeah, we could look at it from an earthly perspective that what a bummer he didn't get to go in. But when you actually think about what he really pursued while he was on the earth, he's actually getting ready to go to his promised land. That's yeah. right. That's so good. Instead of 20 more years of fighting it out (laughs) with giants and, you know, godless people, you know, he could have done that. But God's like, actually, I'm your rewards actually coming quicker than it even is for them. And that was so powerful, you know, and and out of that, I developed a breath prayer of, of your presence is my reward. And it was just something I just kept myself, you know, in that, that, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I want success in ministry i want success in leadership i want success i want influence i've always you know again on all of the books that you read on how to get those things working but really you know it comes down to this thing of presence and and moses was his he was a man who wanted presence he didn't want to be a deliverer that was the job yeah that was the work yeah Get these people from here to there. But the the pursuit of his heart was you, Father. And so, you know, reading that book and 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 having that shift and thinking differently about Moses' situation and my own situation and and using that again as fuel for those contemplative practices that I really tried to develop this year of sitting with the Lord and and just being with him and going, this is enough. Like, I, I'm not coming to you today for the next strategy. I'm not coming to you today for a better vision. You know, tell me what's wrong with everybody at our church. Tell me what's wrong with me so I can read and figure out and study. And how to fix them. How to fix it. <laughs> I mean, fixing is my thing. And so, <laughs> really? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Tom, I was I was reading. Matter of fact, yesterday morning, um, just preparing my heart yesterday for ministry, and I was reading an episode of Moses with the people of God, and and they were complaining about the lack of meat, mm-hmm. and 
they were dissatisfied with God's provision for them of manna. Yeah. And I loved Moses' response to the Lord. He goes, I did not conceive these people. You did. <laughs> and, and he goes, you know, it was just his lament and complaint right. to God. This is not my family. I didn't conceive all these kids. And and you've got to take care of them. Right. And and I'm tired of, of being put between you and them. <laughs> and I just loved that thing because uh, uh, of his realness, of his relationship with the Lord yeah. in being able to just, out of honesty and purity of heart, uh, say, this is a tough assignment you've given me. And I feel like sometimes in this assignment that you've given me, that you've given me mission impossible. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know that I don't like it. (laughs) And and this is the way I feel about this guy. Um, And then the Lord did this massive (laughs) discipline among the people because of their attitude. Um, So I did have a takeaway there. That if we complain to God, <laughs> that sometimes he can fix them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Instead of us trying to fix it. Right. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to no. interrupt you. <laughs> Perfect, you know. Yeah, okay. that's, but that's, yeah, that was probably one of the most moving. Can you repeat the, the name of the book and the author? Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership by Ruth Haley Barton. Okay. And Shelly, you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Repeat that that title. I Do Hard Things. I Do Hard Things. By Havila Kennington. Okay. So there you have some book recommendations. Eric, you go ahead, bro. Well, in my journey, um, I'm going to kind of go this, this year in the journey of discovering, rediscovering God for myself, books... It was more of going to the park and mm-hmm. being in the presence of the Lord mm-hmm. with the Bible and just getting alone with Him. Yes. Had several encounters with the Lord at the park mm-hmm. as He shows me things even within a tree, a mm-hmm. partial heart, and the other part of the heart was not formed. And He said, I'm maturing your love. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there were the encounters just with the Lord outside of books. But the book part of my reading this year was more focused on the church and where are we going to take the church because we have a real issue of, of needing discipleship, mm-hmm. uh, creating community again within New Covenant because through COVID, connect groups are no longer existent right now. Yeah. Um, very little discipleship. So I reread Andy Stanley's book, Creating Community. And, uh, and uh, the brothers in the church, uh, Alex and Jeff, uh, really helped us in the area of discipleship with Robbie Gallaty's book uh, called Rediscovering Discipleship. And so in that journey of creating community, discipleship, getting the church back on, because I had lost a lot of vision and still am recovering vision in my own heart. And we'll get kind of even to that later when you're talking about uh, your biggest leadership thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get back to that a little bit. But the book in creating community, I read that over vacation uh, just about a month or two ago. And uh, there is this forgetting that you mm-hmm. talked about in your message yeah. where we have went through 23 years where our connect group and our community life at New Covenant has never really ever gotten 
where God wants it to be. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's been fought from day one uh, through that journey. And so as I was rereading that book, I had to come to some real aha, and I'll probably cry because I still am not out of it. I yeah. still, there is this thing where Andy Stanley goes into where he paints the picture of where the church is when it comes to community life mm-hmm. and how the church doesn't really want community life. They want to come home. They want to get in their house. They want to turn the TV on. They want to escape from community because they don't want anybody else to pull on them. They've been pulled at all day at work. They've been pulled at, and and I had to come to this grips of, crap, that's where my heart's at. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I don't have vision for it is because I don't believe people want it. Yeah. yeah. And so I've got to have this renewing of vision and heart of relationship and community if I'm we're ever going to take the church anywhere. And so I'm in this this battle mm-hmm. of my own heart where it's like I don't want another thing on my plate. Yeah. Just like everybody else when they get home from work at six PM that oh, you want me to come to another thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm in this process of wrestling. What do I really believe about community? Yeah. Yeah. What do I really believe about discipleship and being with and, and taking people somewhere? Because what a Sunday morning service is not getting the body of Christ where they need to be. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is not maturing believers. And so I'm having to look at my own stinking heart and my own stinking thinking when it comes to relationships sure. and saying, what do I actually value and so I'm not there yet and these guys we've had conversations where we're wrestling with that you know but that's probably uh, the biggest impact on my heart where I'm going okay God what are you trying to do in me if you're going to take the church somewhere so that is great I believe that this year uh, through the COVID crisis that uh even though we knew the Lord for years had been saying event-oriented Christianity mm-hmm. is going to come to an end. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always valued what Mike Bickle said, um, and I paraphrase it often, but God spoke to him in an early encounter in the 90s, uh, or actually in the 80s. He said, I will change the, the way Christianity is yeah. expressed in one generation. So I always felt the Lord in that statement but wondered how that expression was going to happen. If it's going to happen in one generation, I don't see, you know, it happening in one generation. Okay, so Mike, is it in our generation or is it going to be in another generation that we're going to see this whole shift Shift. away from location, uh, time frames, you know, events, things like that, where we try to bring people together for... Uh, a certain level of, of programming and a certain level of, of things that are presented to them. Well, I do see how the Lord has, uh, in a sovereign intervention, come in and said, I am going to create a shift and I am going to uh, uh, bring my people through a transition. Even if they, I have to do it kicking and screaming, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to allow you to continue to do what you've always done to get the results that you always have gotten. 
And yeah. so uh, the Lord, I see, is in the process of having us go back to rediscover things that are here mm-hmm. uh, of, the, of, of God's patterns and God's ways and the paths of life that bring people into true um, purpose. And I agree with you, Eric. It is going to be the rediscovering of authentic community yes. and a answering of the church in the 21st century to the call of discipleship to come follow Jesus. What does it mean uh, for those of us that live in the 21st century to answer a call in discipleship to come follow Jesus? And it is not going to be come and go to church and pull out your time card, punch your Sunday deal, uh, attend an event for an hour and a half, two hours, and then walk away totally uh, as a compartmentalized Christian disconnected from the reality of what that means for the rest of the week. And unfortunately, uh, that's where a lot of the American church, uh, we've emphasized the event. And I'm, and as a leader, I'm not opposed to the church corporately gathered. Yeah. But there has to be other dimensions of relationship, yeah. discipleship, uh, intentionality, and in how we live this in a shared lifestyle and experience. Uh, so... That actually matures the church. Yeah, that, that, that gets that, that the awakens church. her. Yeah, and I think for us, we have to be those forerunners, and forerunners, you know, are experiencing one or two steps ahead of of where God wants to take the church. And as you know, as forerunners, we're leading to people where they've never been or where they think they want to go, and that's that is quite a leadership challenge. And yeah. so it is frustrating. And, you know, just what Tom said, here, here's Moses receiving a commission assignment of God, taking people where they think that they want to go, but then when they get into the journey and how difficult the journey is in getting there, they start saying, no, I want to go back to Egypt. I liked, you know, even though I thought Egypt was bad, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And, and what I have known is better than something that I've never known before. Uh, and then when I start seeing what it's really like and the, the price that has to be paid to actually possess those type of promises, I don't know if I want to go there. So we're in a real critical moment in the church. Absolutely. But but you guys but as leaders thing. and all of us in this room, yeah. uh, we're still essential personnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they talk about the paramedics, the firefighters, the policemen, the healthcare workers, and everything else. Uh, I want to encourage you guys with this word: you are essential personnel <laughs> because God is still at work, yeah. even though we're napping and uh, sleeping and we're eating and we're sitting in silence and telling our inner voice to shut up. Because uh, you know, doing all those things that have been important for us to get us where we can lead in a different way. Yes. Or absolutely. or uh, you know, and I said yesterday there is a thing about receiving a promise being given a promise that's the easiest part of the promise process i want to be a promise fulfiller Mm -hmm. you know that that i can actualize what god has given to me to receive and and the journey 
Uh, I, I don't want to just look to the outcome. Okay, get me there. You know, fast forward me there. God says, no. Receiving the promise was the easiest part because I even imparted a faith to you to receive it. But I need to mature you to the point where I can fulfill in you what I spoke to you. And But there are going to be folks that will, that will. And I think we need to see that. Uh, we, we would hope that maybe it would be 5,000 and not just 12. Mm-hmm. That all the 5,000 would follow in a, in a, in a pioneering path of, of leadership for the 21st century. But the Lord uh, really found 12 that were willing to lay down their lives for the cause of the gospel. And so I think our approach, we're still going to speak to the 5,000 and to the, uh, you know, 120, the 70, whatever biblical number that you want to, to describe. But really, I think God is really having us focus on, on the few. Mm. Mary called, but fewer chosen. And being okay with that. And being okay with that. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you do see where God wants to go, and you think, how can I get there with just so few? But yeah. you can. So any other resources or tools uh, that this year God put across your path and you discovered and said, this, this was helpful? I think the other book that Tom brought up was uh, we read the book Growing Young. Mm-hmm. And it really made us realize how and we're needing to look to the younger generation. And I do see that there is a work that God is doing in the young adults, mm-hmm. that this vision that's been in our hearts for years is starting to acclimate and starting to come alive in the young adult group. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's so easy to do all the work rather than constantly going and pulling young ones up. But wouldn't you say that was a helpful book as well? Yeah, just, you know, shifting our focus. Uh, we're all getting older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when we planted this church 23 years ago, I was 25. Yeah. You guys were 30-something, yeah, I believe. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know? So we were we were emerging adults, you know? Yeah. And so it's really easy, you know, the, the, the tendency is for churches to get old, not get young. Yeah. The, there's the, the, you don't have to work hard at growing older as a congregation. Yeah. You, but you have to work hard at growing younger. And, and yes. so that was something we, and it's been our mandate, you know, since God birthed this church is always the next generation, you know, but applying that is difficult. And so this year we, you know, we're always looking in that way, but we went, you know, to some resources to how do we how do we can make it on purpose that we grow younger and and re- understand the next you know the next generation the millennials the mm-hmm. Gen Z years and, yeah and all of you know their wonderfulness you know <laughs> and they do not think like us no, no. not at all no. not at all yeah it's a different <laughs> and, and, and in my studies it there's a there's some gospel hacking that's happening and for them too because they're not there's a, a thing where the younger generations are not necessarily believing in the God that Jesus believed in yeah mm-hmm. and that's hard because they've got a version of the gospel that's got a lot of the mm-hmm. you know furnishings of it but 
but some they're of the creating home. a god in their own image. Yeah. Yeah. And and so learning how to address that, but also uh, relating to them in a way that they need to be related to, and that's it doesn't come natural. <laughs> so we we've got to we've had to work at it and study it and yeah. So growing younger by the Fuller uh, Seminary. Is the is that resource? I can't remember the exact author, but Growing Younger, it's a green book. Mm-hmm. Um, has helped us mm-hmm. a bunch, or it's starting to help. Yeah, <laughs> it's starting. opening our eyes. We'll yeah. just say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> haven't really done much other than wow, that's really good. Oh. <laughs> and what we'll try to do on the YouTube channel is we'll try to list these resources because yep. just as they've repeated them, you may not be able to you know, remember them, uh, but we'll try to list them for you. And, and to be a leader and to be a follower of Jesus is to be a lifelong learner, uh, and to continue to grow. So I encourage you, uh, if they've recommended this, it's made an impact in their life and it can make an impact in, in your life as well. This is great. Yeah. Again, thanks Shelly. Thanks Eric. Thanks Tom. Guys, thank you for being with us today and being a part of this. Guys, if you want to just know more about Summit Life Ministries, make sure to check us out at summitlifeministries.com. If you want to just get all things Summit Life, check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. But guys, we love you and appreciate everything that you guys do for us, giving us encouragement. But thank you guys and God bless. Bless you. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.